everybody happy monday and welcome to the show we have a lot to talk about today my boyfriend's car getting broken into here in la which means i've been officially initiated as somebody who lives in los angeles we're also going to talk about emily blunt who we covered on a former show and talked about this idea of her apologizing for some formerly made fat phobic comments we'll circle back on that story plus a video has gone viral of a wife being asked would you cheat on me from her husband and her answer shocked the internet. It's created a great divide as to whether or not this is the right or wrong answer. So we will get to that. But first, as always, we have Taylor in Nashville. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hello. Yeah, so you, we already knew you were a victim as a black woman, but now you are actually a victim of a crime. Sorry, sorry to hear that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get into the story here. Um, so yeah, you all know that I like to go out, dance, have a good time with my boyfriend and my best friend, Risa. Shout out to both of them. And we decided, hey, we're gonna go out. We're gonna have a fun night. We decided to do that on, on Saturday night and we went out dancing. And as always, you know, you're having a good time. You're not, you don't have a care in the world. You don't expect your car to get broken into, but that is exactly what happened. We ended up leaving the place that we were at. I came out to the car, walked by it, and I said, hmm, I'm getting a fresh breeze that's coming straight through the window. And I realized the window was broken into. There was shattered glass everywhere. And we at first thought, okay, you know, everything, everything's gonna be fine. At least that's what crossed my mind. But then we realized that my best friend, Risa, left her purse in the car. Now, did she leave it out in the open for everybody to see? No, she did not. It was hidden. And also, my boyfriend happens to drive a nice car and a nice car that is heavily tinted. But I guess these individuals decided, hey, you know, this looks like a nice car. There's probably something in there. So they just, you know, smashed open the back window, got inside, stole her purse. And then, you know, my brain was going. I'm like, it's OK. Everything's going to be fine we have a dash cam <laughs> and this was, a, this was like a $400 dash cam that you just put on your little windshield so that you can see everything that happens and guess what these men stole the dash cam <laughs> and they ripped it off the car so aggressively that it ended up breaking part of the interior of the car now were any of us like super upset about this not not exactly uh the good news is the group of people that I associate myself with were typically pretty positive about bad things that happened. So we were just like, damn, this sucks. This city sucks. And you sit there and you think about it and you go, okay, what do we do in this situation? Should I even call the cops? Should I even call law enforcement? What are they gonna do? And y'all know I've worked pretty closely with LAPD, not the department that's in the area that our car ended up getting robbed in, but I know the inner workings about how they deal with these cases. And you either get a, 
we have other things going on, you know, there, there's a gunman on, you know, Third Street or whatever, so we can't come and help you right now. Go ahead and just, you know, file a report at the, the nearest precinct, or they come and they just can't find the people who were responsible for this because they were smart enough to steal the dash cam. And then you have the third option, which is, yeah, we're going to choose to do our due diligence in this case. We're going to find the person who did it. We're going to arrest the person that did it. And guess what? They'll be back on the street the next day just to go out and do it again. We're just like reinforcing a system of career criminals in this city. And y'all know it to be true. We've covered it many times on this show when it comes to smash and grab robberies and and burglaries and people just being downright violent uh, in the street, you know, 60 people at a time going and, and robbing, you know, Birkin bags and stuff. It happens relentlessly in this city. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it when you live in a place that is soft on crime? And then when the police actually do their job, they are chastised for it and ridiculed for it and hated for, for doing what it is they're supposed to do. So did we even bother calling the police? No. But y'all know I have cop friends, so we are going to file a report for insurance purposes. But the, the, the clear violation, the violation of just humanity <laughs> in this case, it does piss me off a little bit. But you know what? We're, we're a positivity queen. We're going to get over it. We're going to move on. Taylor, have you been robbed in Los Angeles? Ironically, no, I haven't been robbed in LA. I uh, was, my car was, I can't say broken into because I was a dumb dumb and left it open uh, outside my parents' house in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, several years ago. And uh, I was in a nice neighborhood, but they just, I guess, had people driving around a random suburban uh, Oklahoma neighborhood and checking people's cars if they were open. And they they took like my crappy little uh, plug-in transmitter that lets you play your iPhone because I my car didn't have like a aux cable or whatever, you know. Uh, but there wasn't really much else in there. But it's still that feeling of, of violated. I'm surprised though. You you sound relatively chipper and lighthearted about the whole thing, which I can appreciate the the positivity. But no, like anger or fe feeling of just being violated or trauma in any way. I mean, there was definitely the feeling of being violated and being like, ah, oh, man, th this actually sucks. But luckily, the people who robbed the car didn't get anything. Like, they took my friend Risa's bag, as I said before, but she had cards that she just immediately called and canceled. No transactions were made, so they literally got nothing. There was no cash in her bag. They took the dash cam, which hopefully will be covered by insurance, but who knows? Uh, and it seems like most of the stuff is going to be covered. Now, I could waste my time and be super pissed about the situation, but what are you going to do? You don't have them on on video there's nobody to do anything about it insurance is going to cover you know the damage to the car and and the broken window uh but it's kind of like a waste of energy at this point and i see a lot of you guys commenting down below like move out of the city and you know leave los angeles or whatever but you know i i got a lot going on in in los angeles my boyfriend has a really fantastic job in los angeles we're not going to pack it up and just go home because our car got broken into it's crazy because I think I'm so positive because I'm like, uh, it's just par for the course living here. Like it was bound to happen at some point, which is, which is a little nuts. Like, luckily I, I said, I, I am like in a, the pretty good position of having police officer friends who like reached out and said, you know, we'll file a report on your behalf and everything, at least for insurance purposes. But even they're acknowledging at least for insurance purposes, because they know nothing's going to happen. So at what point is your negativity useless? when something like this happens to you. If it happens to you in LA, your negativity is useless. Unless you see the guy breaking into your car, 
and you want to go <laughs> your negativity is useless like nothing's gonna happen nothing is gonna happen so yeah it's just a feeling of resignation i guess that sinks in after a while but it we're, we're, we're on the record on this show, or you are too, just talking about the extent to which just bad policies allow crime to prol proliferate in cities like L.A. and San Francisco. And there's not much more you can say, but I, I would imagine that it would inspire a little bit of like, let's just revisit how this how this comes to be. I sent you that video today about uh from San Francisco, there was this guy who just 10 days ago, they put out the video of this dude who had been arrested by, they finally started doing like bait cars in, in San Francisco. So they put a car in a parking lot that maybe they can, you can see something through the window and they'll get people uh, and document them stealing from these cars. The guy that who broke in was uh, guilty of doing it several other times, like had a super long rap sheet and of course had been arrested and had all these different charges against him, ran over a cop's foot, harmed a bunch of people, broke a bunch of uh, public property and yep. private property in the, in the course of it and had his sentence reduced to like, uh, just evasion of arrest and got out on six months jail. He was on probation for this. And it seems like that is certainly, uh, a common theme in major cities is these like repeat offenders and career criminals who are just allowed to do this stuff by these soft on crime policies. And it's, it's very frustrating. I, uh, this is yet another reason, like I'm happy to, to be in Tennessee now, but I do understand the sort of feeling of resignation that sets in over time, that it's unfortunately just kind of sets in, uh, or it comes with the territory of living in major cities, uh, in the U S and there's not much you can do about it when people continue to seem to support the same policies or at least, uh, vote in the people who do. Yeah, there's literally there's literally nothing you can do. There's literally nothing you can do. And in that case that Taylor was talking about, this dude was arrested 12 times, 12 different times, and some of them felonies. And you're back out on the street and you're robbing cars again. So even if you are in the best case scenario, they leave the dash cam there, they get footage, you get footage from the street or whatever the case may be, you get that over to police. I don't care if the robber screams his name out in the footage and says, this is where you can find me, this is my address. That man goes and gets arrested, he's back out on the street. He's back out on the street. They get people for gun charges in LA where they're actively carrying, brandishing a weapon back on the street. But they get booked and back on the street. So what is what is the use in, you know, like being upset or pursuing it to the furthest extent of the law when the furthest extent of the law is just like a slap on the wrist and you get to go back out and, you know, learn how to rob cars in a smarter way. That's <laughs> literally all yeah. it is. I'm glad you can laugh about the dash cam thing, too, because actually that was kind of funny the way that you told it. Like, well, we got them because we've got our dash cam and then not neglecting the fact that they can literally just grab your dash cam, which happens to have hundreds of dollars worth of value itself. It's like, why didn't we think of that? The darn criminals outsmarted us again. Now I'm like, OK, now we need to get a, a hidden dash cam. We need to spend even more money in case somebody decides to violate another vehicle of ours so that we can actually catch them. And even then, let's say you get the footage of the people who did it. Nothing is going to happen, guys. No. Literally nothing's going to happen. It's just uh, an exercise in futility. We didn't even really get the dash cam for a robbery. We got it like in case, you know, you bump into another car or you get into an accident or whatever. Little did we know it would be to catch footage of this and then get it stolen. <laughs> and it was so funny because I literally had a light bulb go off. I was like, oh, we've got them. The dash cam is in the car. And then we come <laughs> I open the car door to check for the dash cam. I open it and there's just a little wire dangling. It's 
broken off. You said they damaged the car taking it too. So not only did they take the dash cam and the value that it, it had, but they also did more damage to the car because you had a dash cam. Yep. It was literally connected to this piece on the interior that is near, uh, you know, uh, what, the, the mirror that you can see through the back. And that was all dangling. The, the plastic bit on there was falling off and everything. It was just, you know what, the reason I can laugh at it is because I choose to take negative things that happen and, you know, just go with it. You just go with the flow. <laughs> and it's laugh actually, to keep from crying, as they say. Yeah, it's actually funny when you think about, uh, we've got them, and then you don't, in fact, got them. I thought they were going to be stupid, but they were, in fact, smart enough to take the dash cam but it's such like a stupid thing like they're literally they're not making any money you got a bag that has nothing in it no cash no cards that work no id because she had her id for the place that we were going into and you have nothing now so you've just robbed a car for literally no reason whatsoever so that's cool guys just an i just remembered i uh can relate a little bit with uh my old car my prius i still have it but um for whatever reason it's like a 07 Toyota Prius, but for whatever reason, it's like really easy and valuable to steal catalytic converters off of those. So I, it happened to me twice in Los Angeles where I would, if I parked on the street overnight at my apartment, I had subterranean parking. So I was usually fine. But if I stayed over at a friend's house or ever did something like that, like um, the, the car could, would literally, they'd come and the cops told me like within five minutes, they're like, they get there, they have their little saw, they cut off your catalytic converter uh, and leave and they're gone. There's like literally nothing you can do. Um, and I didn't find out the next until the next morning when I'm like pulling out of my spot and my car's making all these crazy noises and stuff. And that literally happened to me twice. Just they target that specific uh, type of car. And I had to get the second time it happened. It was actually at the shop for something else. And the shop parked it outside on the curb. And it got stolen at the shop. So just craziness uh, in L.A. It's interesting that even just the, the crim these criminals know what's up. It's like a racket sometimes. Yeah, dude, it's such a culture shock, too, when you move here, because y'all know I moved from a small town in Florida in a small town in Florida. If somebody is just like yelling a curse word at you, you can call the cops and they'll show up and be like, oh, what's going on here? Can you tell us what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? And they'll deal with the situation. Like if as, if somebody like gives you even a freaking weird look, <laughs> you could probably call security <laughs> in the small town that I'm from. But you get to L.A. and it's like your initiation into the city is like unless something violent happens to you. Don't even bother really calling the cops. You get burglarized. I mean, file a report for your insurance so that they can confirm that this actually happened. But nothing is going to happen to the person who did this to you. And y'all know I've been on ride alongs with the police officers where we've seen things like that. I was with my friend Risa and we were driving past a local grocery store, which imagine your local grocery store in your in your small town if you're living in a small town right now. And there was a naked homeless man touching himself outside the, the grocery store for all in the public to see, nobody showed up and did anything. I've been on a ride along where a guy literally rolled up to the police car and was honking at them. So they rolled down the window and he's like, uh, yo, is, and this is a big dude, like a big Hispanic dude, tatted up, you know, 
and he's like, there's a guy literally robbing my house. He broke into my house. He's in my house right now. I just want to let you know so that you can follow me to the house and handle this situation. And again, big dude. He's like, before I go home and I handle the situation myself, which we all know what that means. And the cops go, uh, well, we got we have a guy with a weapon who's, you know, running through the streets right now and we're creating perimeter around that. So go, you know, go to the police or call the, the non-emergency line and we'll be there in like two hours. Two hours? Are you kidding me? Crazy. And the, like where I typically do ride alongs is like, you know, it's not the best of areas, it's not the most high income of areas. So, you know, they're not going to have like insurance on the property that's getting stolen from them actively, like right before their eyes. It's just crazy to live in in a city like this. It really is. It was a culture shock. That's probably the biggest culture shock of just like what is permissible here that would not be permissible where I'm from whatsoever. You can literally Someone just Someone in the chat said, try that in a small town, referencing <laughs> the Jason Aldean song's <laughs> It just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. They got it on lock. I feel like the police officers in small towns are bored. So they're like waiting for, for something to happen. Here, they're like burnt out, overworked, you know, working overtime every single week and can't even keep up with people who are actually committing, you know, heinous, violent crimes. So that's my story. Um, I'm a statistic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now we're going to move on uh, to the Emily Blunt news. Uh, Y'all know last week we covered this Emily Blunt story. I'll show you the original video that she was getting a ton of hate for. It was a resurfaced video from, I believe, uh, 11 years ago. So 2012, this interview was done. And here is what Miss Emily Blunt said during said interview. We went out for dinner at this place at Chili's. The girl who was serving me was enormous. You know, I think she got freebie meals at Chili's. Nothing wrong with that. And she comes up and she goes, did anyone ever tell you you look a lot like Emily Blunt? Okay. So that was the controversial thing that she said. The woman was enormous. She looked like she got freebie meals at Chili's, which... You know, it's an unnecessary comment, I will uh, I will grant. And it didn't even make sense for the story that she was telling in the first place. Maybe she was just trying to set the scene. Maybe she was actively trying to be mean to this woman. But mind you, this was 11 years ago. And it ended up getting millions of views in our current day. And we asked the question, should Emily Blunt apologize for comments made 11 years ago? You almost unanimously answered no. There's no reason to apologize for, for something 11 years ago. Presumably she's changed, especially since you don't have clips of her making uh, said unnecessary comments anytime recently whatsoever. If you got to dig 11 years. But... Right after we ended the show, Emily Blunt issued an apology. So we will quickly read that. She says, I just need to address this head on as my jaw was on the floor watching this clip from 12 years ago. So 12 years ago, guys. I'm appalled that I would say something so insensitive, hurtful, and unrelated to whatever story I was trying to tell on a talk show. I've always considered myself someone who wouldn't dream of upsetting anyone. So whatever possessed me to say anything like this in that moment is unrecognizable to me or anything I stand for. And yet it happened. And I said it, and I'm so sorry for any hurt caused. I was absolutely old enough to know better. Are we buying this? Are we buying this? I mean, maybe. I think it's just like an obligatory thing that you have to do now when somebody finds an old clip of you. And did she write this herself? Maybe. Did her assistant or PR person write it? 
maybe. And honestly, it's just the old like song and dance that celebrities and famous people do to get people to shut up. You just issue the apology right out of the gate. You let them know you're sorry about it. And then you hope, you hope that everybody stops talking about it and moves on to something different. But guess what? The same thing would have happened if you just waited a week, baby girl. <laughs> they always move on to something different. They really don't care. They do not care about the statements that you made. They just want to, like, see if they can beat something out of you and get an apology out of you. Now, will I grant the statement was unnecessary? Yes. But I'm also going to grant that you don't need to apologize for things that you did 12 years ago. Like, babe, move. Move on. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I already was not, as you, as we, we know from Friday's show, not too offended or I didn't think that she needed to apologize for it. I, it was maybe a little bit uncharitable and kind or too colorful or whatever, but, you know, whatever. Then uh, I read on her apology, I read a little article about it on People, and the, they add the detail that before she made her statement, the host of the show, Jonathan Ross, said, if you go in when it came up, he said, if you go into a Chili's, you can see why so many of our American friends are enormous. And then she said, well, the, my server was enormous when I went to Chili's. So he kind of started the whole uh, enormous thing. And like, that's why that word specifically was in her vocabulary. It was part of that ongoing conversation. So that, that even for me took out even more of the air out of the statement and just highlights just how unnecessary this was. And again, 12 years ago, like there's much more serious things going on in the world. I don't understand who dredged this up, how it became controversial and why Emily Blunt's apologizing for it now it's just so stupid and then you get the apology and everybody goes she's not really apologizing she's just doing it because we told her to <laughs> it's like what do you want from me what do you want do you want me to like get on my hands and knees and you know worship you and say i'm so sorry for this fat phobic thing that i said 12 years ago I think she's had a whole ass child since she made those comments 12 years ago and you guys are stuck on like her calling somebody enormous uh-uh just even just don't do it, guys. Just don't do it. Just don't allow people on the Internet to just dictate what you do with your life. And I'll also say, by and large, these celebrities are not actually sorry. They don't actually care about what they did or said. And they're just doing it to get rid of all the talk that will be drummed up from the old clip resurfacing. And more than likely to to no avail because the people who disliked her from watching that clip are probably going to continue to dislike her from the apology. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, applause. And the people who were coming to her defense are now disappointed. And, uh, you know, yeah, they, she's lost some loyalty on the part. Because remember, we even were like, maybe she's a little bit based, like maybe her husband has played these more kind of like traditional masculine roles and they've, they haven't said anything woke on record. And then you just got to go spoil it with this unnecessary apology, tragically. Yeah, it's like, dude, obviously you're a different person than you were 12 years ago. Like, uh, we're different people than we were a year ago, than we were six months ago. You are never going to find me. I don't know if y'all pull some Media Matters shit on me and you try to pull up some yeah. old stuff. I'm just going to be like, okay, so what? That was literally in 2012. So what do you want me to say right now? Because I'm not going to say And it's not just anything. about you. It's about at the time, people kind of were more fast and loose with making jokes like that. And again, this was a comedy show, a late night TV show where they're having a laugh about just how enormous Americans are that go to Chili's, which kind of 
I take a little bit of offense at that. Don't come after chilies. But it also is kind of true. We have pretty high obesity rates in this country. It's kind of a thing. I mean, it's it's not entirely an untrue premise. And it's I think it's fair to make light of that and, or, and acknowledge it in some way, just like it's fair to make light of different stereotypes in comedy. And it's, comes, it's part and parcel of it. And so the time has changed. We've become more hypersensitive about these things. So not only does she not have to apologize because she's been able to learn and grow in the last 12 years or whatever, but also society was just different. And the context really just, again, it makes it so there's not much to apologize for. Yeah. I don't know if you like go and scrub through old late night, you're probably going to find some of the most offensive stuff by today's standard that has ever existed. You know, all these late night hosts that have like done blackface. I think Jimmy Kimmel has like an old sketch out on the internet where he would like pretend to go up behind women and, and grope them. And that just existed out on television knowingly as a form of comedy that people at the time were laughing at. Are you going to see that resurface? And then he has to like apologize for something that he did when he was a totally different person. And it was years ago and other things were acceptable. And we talked about on the show last week that, you know, Fat jokes were like the joke to be made at any given moment by any comedian or any late night, late night host ever. And it was like just a raging thing back then. Uh, but I guess it's not as acceptable, like the more that bigger people exist in this country, which is like growing exponentially anyways. I just don't get what is what is so wrong. There was no reason to apologize. That's all I wanted to say. Just wanted to follow up. On, on that story and say I'm a little disappointed by the turn of events. Now, we're going to get your opinion on this one, guys, because this video has been circulating of a wife being asked by her husband, would you cheat on me? And she apparently had a very shocking answer to the internet. Some people are saying what she said is exactly right, and at least she's being honest and I'm standing by it. Others are saying this is disgusting. You should leave her. She's going to cheat on you. Let's hear what her response was. Could you ever cheat on me? Absolutely. That's why I don't make dumb decisions like talking to guys one-on-one -on -one or hanging out in like compromising situations. I'm a human being, you're a human being. And I, I'm sorry, babe, I don't know if this is hard for you to, to hear, but everybody is absolutely capable of infidelity in the right slash wrong circumstances. Oh, okay. That's why boundaries are so important. You're never going to see me in a situation, even if people think I might be too strict. I don't care because I'm not taking that chance. Amen. I'm not putting myself in a position to even be close to a position to potentially fall to temptation. I'm going to keep it 100 because anyone is capable of cheating, but I will not be cheating on you. Excellent. I love that. I love you. Okay. So this is the video in question. Okay, put on your detective hats and uh, let's get down to the bottom of this here. <laughs> now, first of all, I've seen this couple on TikTok quite a bit. Uh, they're known for like their performative, you know, marriage videos that they put out on the platform. And clearly this is performative. He's queuing her up with the question. He's acting shock when she says, absolutely, I could cheat on you. And he, oh my goodness. And then ends up saying, you know, that's a great answer. And I appreciate your honesty or whatever the case may be. So it's clearly, you know, staged up. So uh, bear that in mind. Now, there's one camp of people that are saying, this is crazy. You mean your wife is telling you that she can't even have one-on-one -on -one conversations without being, you know, led by temptation when she's talking to the opposite sex? This is weird. If you can't trust her to, like, hang out with men or be in a room with another man, then maybe this is not the person you should have married or had a child with. And their criticism to her is, you chose to have a whole child with this man and you think you're capable of cheating? Blah, blah, blah. 
The other camp of people is saying, I think this is, you know, an honest depiction of what men and women are like. They're just because you're married to somebody and you've had a kid with them doesn't mean, you know, that you don't find other people attractive or that there aren't compromising positions that you could be placing yourself into. And she's acknowledging that compromising positions exist and also acknowledging that she never wants to put herself in the position of being compromised. So they were saying this is actually just honesty on display and the people who dispute this or say that this is wrong are in fact being dishonest with themselves. Now, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this video. Do you view it positively? Do you view it negatively? Uh, you can answer down below in the poll. I'm inclined to believe there's, there's a little bit of, of both ends here. I think this video is dramatic. Like she's saying, you know, that's why I would never be in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with another man and why I would never be alone in a room with another man. I think a little bit of it is, is performative. We want to play it up as much as we can to show how wonderful my wife is that she would never even think of talking to another man. Uh, but at the end of the day, what she's saying, the underlying statement is true. If you are in a relationship with somebody, there are more compromising positions and less compromising positions. And your least compromising positions are gonna be ones where you're hanging out with the same sex, that you prioritize relationships with other women rather than with other men, and you don't place yourself in the position to even have you know, the opportunity to cheat or to be led by temptation. Now, I don't see anything inherently wrong with that, and maybe a lot of people view that as controlling or they're thinking that if you're so easily led by temptation that you can't even have a conversation with another man, something's wrong with you. But I think she's just playing it up for the camera. And in fact, much of what she's saying is very true. If you're you know, a wife asking this to your husband and he says, yeah, that's why I don't go out to lunch with my female coworkers or find myself hanging out with female friends or engaging in like one-on-one -on -one conversations with other women, I think most women would applaud that man and say, oh my gosh, you found a good one. That's so amazing that he prioritizes you and not other women. But when a woman says it, it's suddenly like this weird, ooh, she's gonna cheat on you. She would only cheat on you if she had the chance and she has to you know, be so disciplined that she can't even talk to other men. You know, it's, she, she followed up the video with saying, you know, I'm not gonna cheat on you. And, and that ended up being the answer, so. I don't know. I, this doesn't really strike me as anything strange. No, unsurprisingly, I'm probably, probably going to agree with you on this one. I think as far as the substance of what she's saying, don't have a problem with it. I think there's a lot of wisdom in just acknowledging your own humanity and that you're a fallible human being who is subject to making mistakes and making a short-term, near-short-sighted decision uh, that is undercuts the value of uh, something bigger and deeper and more meaningful. And that's that's OK to acknowledge. But it felt definitely like the way it was executed in this video definitely felt like staged. Mm -hmm. She totally had this like script in her mind ready to roll. And in that sense, it comes across as unnatural and a little bit like overemphasizing the need for all like that type of thinking. For me, I think rules like that, like rigid sort of boundaries and, and ideas about, you know, the parameters you want to set and not, not being in this type of situation. Those are good supplements to having some, being with somebody who's of high character, having high character yourself, and uh, just having a high sense of trust in your relationship with each other. But having general rules is, is, can be a healthy thing. But to me, the rules are like, 
a secondary line of defense uh, and your first line of defense is having good communication, having good trust, knowing more intuitively kind of just where where your limits are and, and just having communicated and, and discussed those things uh, and being on the same page with your partner about what sorts of situations you're comfortable with, not comfortable with, and just knowing each other deeply and having a, an established sense of, of of trust with each other. To me, that's kind of the first line of defense. And uh, but but overall, the under underlying wisdom of it, I totally agree with that. We're all fallible, and we should be conscious of that, and uh, not just have a cavalier attitude about uh, being alone with other people or whatever it may be. So I. Yeah, so I'm, I'm mixed on it, too. And it looks like you guys are as well. Uh, our poll so far has 55% of you say you agree with her take and 45% say you disagree, which I know it's kind of a tough poll to answer. It's probably more mm-hmm. nuanced than that, but um, that's kind of where we stand. If she wasn't so dramatic about it, I feel like people would agree. I think when she said, I don't have one-on-one conversations with men, that's where the red flag kind of goes up. Like, you are not strong enough in your, you know, in your personhood to... Not, not have a one on one conversation with a man. That's a little strange. You know, it, it makes it, it portrays that maybe her temptation is something like way higher than the average person with the way that she worded it. But I think for the most part, it was just a performative, super dramatic. Look at how wonderful my wife is and how wonderful my marriage is, as are many of the couples videos on uh, on TikTok. It's kind of a trend at the moment to see, you know, who can have the best performative relationship on the internet. <laughs> and that's what it is. Now, if you're dating a guy who's like, you can never have a one-on-one conversation with another man because that places you in a compromising position, well, it's a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> that that would, you know, be raising some flags up for me. Now, it's different if he's talking about, like, friendships and hanging out one-on-one and, like, going out for drinks or, you know, whatever. There's, there's, there's a spectrum of, of things you could do that, again, would be more compromising or less compromising. I think one-on-one conversations are are okay, depending on the contents of said conversations. <laughs> there are some one-on-one conversations that totally would not be okay in a relationship, but I get what she's saying. Uh, and it seems like the internet itself is also 50-50 on this one. Could have been better worded. Now, we have another 50-50 internet video that I'm gonna get your take on. Is this girl in the right or in the wrong when it comes to her dating take? Let's hear it. What's the most a man should spend on a first date? I feel like if I'm going to get ready and I'm going to use all my products to come out with you, I need like a minimum of $200. A minimum. And that's like being nice. And what does a man get in return for that? My presence. But aren't you having his presence within you already? I hear you, but no. No. I mean, like, I'm here to get different? to know you. I'm here to get to know you. You invited me out. But he has to drop $200. Yeah. Because Minimum. That, yeah. Because just, you just because, me out. Just because you have to do your makeup? Um, because I have to... Okay. So we're going to do the math. My moisturizer is $400. My eye cream is $300. My serum is, like, another $300. My makeup, you know, not included. So if I have to spend, you know, that's my money. I'm spending my money on these products. I'm going to use these products. Who are you using them for, though? For myself. Okay. But I'm going to use these products and I'm going to show up because it's not like I'm going to show up in sweats. The man doesn't owe you anything if you're just getting to know each other. If you're inviting me out, you owe me a date. Oh, goodness. 
Now, it's so weird because I initially saw this video and I was like, eh, eh, get rid of her. Next, next. Somebody bring out that cane and swipe her off the stage, you know? <laughs> but then I saw people and I'm like, some conservatives on the internet were like, oh, this girl's totally right. I think like Tristan Tate quote tweeted this and was like, she's she's right. I don't know what what's wrong with the statement that she just made. I don't know. This rubbed me the wrong way. And first of all, the math on the whole like moisturizer, makeup, doing my hair thing is completely wrong. And I hear women make this statement a lot and I get it. You buy expensive products and all this stuff and then you use them to get ready for your date. But you buy those products independent of going on a date with a man. It's not like a guy asks you on a date and then you're like, oh my gosh, I have to go to Sephora. BFFR, no you don't. And even if you did go and buy $400 moisturizer or all this stuff or whatever, what you use is most likely not equivalent to $200. So even logically, that doesn't make sense. Now, I can understand some people's argument of like, these two girls are super hot, you know, they're they're tens or whatever. So if you want a bag of 10 and, you know, a hot girl in Miami, then you're going to have to like step up your game and, you know, bust out your Rolex watch and spend two to three hundred dollars on a dinner. But I don't know if I was a man asking a girl on a date and she came forward with this idea that the date must cost cost a minimum of $200, even if I was a baller and I had the $200 to spend on the date and, and then some, and I could buy her a Bugatti or whatever it is, I'd be like, oh, next, sorry. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. You're not. You don't even know me and you're gonna come at me with a $200 minimum for a first date? Wild. I need Four dozen oysters minimum on the first day, <laughs> full price. No, no deals, no specials on the night. No, uh, yeah. The, uh, presumably, the man is not saying as a condition of this day you need to use all of these expensive products on yourself. Now, obviously, he, he's probably asking you because you look nice or whatever, and maybe the products go into that. But if if you broke that down for him, I mean, if he if he does demand that you use all this expensive stuff, then maybe that's a, a red flag, and you you find a date with another man. But a man who's who's not willing to take you out the way you look in uh, drugstore makeup probably isn't a good man anyway. So, uh, or no makeup for, for what it's worth. So right. just this, this just stems to me from this whole red pill culture content of like high value man, high value woman, women should do this. Men should be able to just like, none of y'all know what y'all are talking about. Just be chill, be normal. Yeah. Just ask <laughs> Ask someone out, treat them right, and, and explore something. Something's there. All these like weird rules and stuff. I just don't get it. It's just so weird and transactional. Like, boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. I hate these things. Like, if I'm going to go on a first date and spend my time and do my makeup, I need $200 at least. And then it's like, okay, you want that on a first date where the guy doesn't even know you? What are you going to want down the line? Like, damn, she's going to be like... I need a Cartier bracelet for the second day and for the third and this and that. No, uh, no. And if you like somebody, and this is for men and women, you would respect the time that it puts in, that that, that man puts in to get his money. And let's say he's, you know, working at a job, I don't know, he gets paid 20 an hour, even, even higher. Let's say this man gets paid a 40 an hour. You want him to spend multiple hours of his time on your first date where he doesn't even know you yet, it's just such a clear depiction of disrespect to me that if I were a man, this would just never, it would never happen. And I get there are girls like this and they find guys who go for it and are like, yes, I absolutely wanna do that. But I also question the type of men that they find and what your character must be as a man 
to think that that is some sort of like massive flex or think that that is something worth doing. I would be inclined to believe that that man has a transactional view on your date and that the $200 is not just a $200 he's gonna throw out for, for nothing. Or he's just like this, I'm a huge alpha, I wanna show off my money, I'll spend $200 on a date just to, just to do it and to be flashy and blah, blah, blah. It's just not worth it for me. I feel like it's a sign of bad character on both ends. Now, if you're just like a super romantic guy and you wanna like go and spend that much money on a first date and you have like a really good feeling about a woman and you're just gonna go ahead and do it, sure, that's fine, that's super cool. I'm glad that like you you love romance and you wanna like treat her that way. But if the woman is demanding it, mm-mm, mm-mm. Even if I was a billionaire, I'd be like, girl, chill out. I don't even know you right now. <laughs> but she's clearly yeah. she's clearly okay. inflating her value in in a sense. And maybe maybe it's worth it. Maybe she's like the best girlfriend ever. But when the best girlfriend ever is saying that she deserves a $200 date because her moisturizer is $400, I have a feeling that her character involves taking a lot of stock in her looks rather than actual personality characteristics red flag yeah and that's what i was gonna say is just like this this video this whole situation seems to to be a caricature of everything that's wrong with modern dating because it reduces the man and his value to money wealth status it reduces the woman and her value to appearance and physical elements and attributes and that's literally all this thing is and then on top of that the way that those two uh intersect is through transactional sort of exchange and calculations and whatnot and like that is it, it's focusing on the wrong things if you're actually interested in having a relationship i don't know what people are doing with dating these days because a lot of times people date and it's just they're just dating to date so whatever if this is what they're doing and that's the world that they're living in then great but if you're dating to maybe try to find someone to end up with then focusing on only the male's value, reducing the male's value to uh, finances and status or whatever, reducing the female's value to physical beauty is just totally the wrong way to go about it. Starting with a transactional mentality is totally the wrong way to go about it. You can't build something the most. that will last, uh, that, that uh, actually allows you to be known as a person and allows you to be accepted for who you truly are and known for who you truly are and, and extend that to somebody else and build something sincere and real and uh, that that can last that that's not going to happen with this mentality so to me this whole video just represents everything that's wrong with uh, the mentality when it comes to modern dating yeah i think people just have really uh inflated views of themselves it's like the cheesecake factory girl you mean you wouldn't mm. go to cheesecake factory on your first date and i'm trying to think if you have a full meal i'm I, like i don't know why this video got me so much like <laughs> thinking about it but if you go on a first date to cheesecake factory and you get an entree he gets an entree you both get drinks let's say you get two drinks you're racking up a tab that's over a hundred dollars so i don't know like where this mentality is coming from from women and i'm like luckily this girl is very very beautiful so at least she has that going for her and i think you know the way our society works your rate does go up the the better that you look but you have some women who just have no business saying that their first date costs $300, saying that $300 is what they want on, on a first date. I don't know who's giving them the mentality that this is what like courting is supposed to be and this is what relationships are supposed to be like, but somebody is leading them down the wrong path.
somebody is leading them down the wrong path. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. But you're directing them elsewhere. Go on the straight <laughs> and narrow with us. Don't ever tell a man he needs to spend $300 or $200 on you on a first date. Just chill. Even if you think that internally, just chill. Just don't say it. Just keep it to yourself. Just really do. Keep it to yourself. Don't lock yourself in the car if he takes you to Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, guys. Which, by the way, if you guys haven't seen, we put out a video this past weekend, a follow up of the Cheesecake Factory story. The, the couple went on a podcast and I was about to say they told all, but really didn't. And I don't know. You can judge for yourself, but it's at least interesting. So go check out chapter two of the Cheesecake Factory story on the channel if you haven't watched it. Yeah, it's fun when you get a video like that and you actually get to follow up with the people in, involved in it. And it sort of did decipher that the video was not a skit because we were going back and forth our whole episode about whether or not this was legit or it wasn't. Unless they're taking the skit far enough to be on, you know, a little show together, which we, we all know happens if you're watching freaking Uche and Lydia on Love is Blind. For anybody who watches Love is Blind season five, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, they they did do a follow up. So maybe that Cheesecake Factory video was, uh, you know, was actually real and uh, was a legit occurrence. Poor guy. Now, guys, we're going to get into hard. your super chats. Let's hear from you guys today. By the way, our poll on that last one, should a man be willing to spend at least $200 on a first date? Shockingly, 94% of you said Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. So, <laughs> like, Have you seen the state of our economy? $200? Are you kidding me? A man could be doing backbreaking work all day, every day, and still not be able to take you on a $200 date. That's just such a red flag. Such a red flag. It's true. Uh, okay. So our first super chat today is from the Scarlet Ibis. Uh, she says, he says, she says, first time catching a live stream. I'm an elementary teacher. So usually I'm in the middle of work. Appreciate both of you for being such refreshing hey. voices of reason in our hot mess of a world. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you being a teacher right now to some, some youngins. I know it's not the easiest job in this day and age. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, in our hot mess of an education system, we appreciate you being a teacher. Yeah, it's another video uh, we need to do about these teachers who are struggling right now with their kids. Just rough mm. out there. Cheesecake bro, he's back. Alex says, mm -hmm. uh, hey there, gang, and know that old cheesecake hag did not learn her lessons. <laughs> she doesn't respect him at all because she made him wait an hour and she never even said sorry. She thinks she's royalty, Amala. Well, royalty. I, it seemed like she kind of said sorry in the follow-up video with some of the things that she said. Also, the dude needs to take a little bit of count of accountability because he he was assertive in his video, but just like there was he was giving soy. He was giving soy in the in the follow-up interview. He needs to stand up for himself. Okay, we did get a fifty dollars super chat. We'll read that immediately from uh, Brianna Hufner. Weifner? I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. Hi, Amelie. I appreciate your perspective on the victimhood mindset. I wrote a book on my childhood sexual abuse trauma and how I overcame the, mind the mindset, the same mindset. It's called Holy Shift by Brianna Roche. I'd love if you considered reading it. I will make a note of that, Brianna. Uh, I'm sorry for, for what you had to go through, but I'm glad you got to the other end of it and are comfortable sharing your story with the world. I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, okay, Alex Slusher says, Hello, everyone. Sorry to hear about your car being broken into. Hope you all had a good weekend. Currently playing Kingdom Hearts 2 while watching. 
Yeah. Oh, that's dope. The throwback. <laughs> I've never. My my brother used to play Kingdom Hearts a lot, so I've only like watched it over somebody's shoulder. But it looks like a really cool game. Yeah. You know what? We're we're keeping it positive, keeping it classy over here. Even though the car got broken into, we're chilling. <laughs> Surprisingly chill. I'm like, you're too okay. I think you need to be more upset about this. I need to this, be more but, angry. Yeah. I don't know, it's just such a waste. It's such a waste. And I had a good night otherwise. So I was like, oh, we'll focus on the we'll focus on the positive end of it. <laughs> That's the spirit. Christopher Alcine says, from New York City, lived in San Francisco, studied in Paris, moved to Tucson because of how I because I love how clean the streets are. It's too hot here for vagrants and protesters. Yeah. That's one way to beat them, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. They just can't take the heat. <laughs> That's Literally, hilarious. yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I've, I've contemplated it. I do say, like, L.A. is a pretty, like, awesome city with everything else that it has to offer. Uh, your car just might get broken into. So that's fun. <laughs> Among other things. But Among yeah, other because, things. And a homeless I had poop person. on my doorstep in Santa Monica, <laughs> so that happened from the homeless yeah, guy. Yeah, there's that too, so that's always fun. Yeah. Um, Cheesecake Bro, another one, says, Cheesecake Girls only said maybe I shouldn't have done XYZ because of all the backlash she got online. She's not sorry because she's getting a free meal after her terrible behavior. She ain't changing anytime soon. See, that's the hard thing with apology culture. You never know. You never know. At least she was able to directly express with words what she had done wrong. And that does, you know, signal to me that there is some bit of understanding. She said, I should have been softer. I should have cooperated a lot more. And if I expect that from a man, that's what I should give in return. So the fact that she can actually verbalize it and point directly to what she did wrong gives me a little bit of hope and gives a silver lining to the situation. But who knows? With apology culture and cancel this and cancel that, sometimes, you know, you never know what's real or what's fake. Yeah, mm. I mean, I was already done with her when she made the guy wait an hour sitting outside her apartment <laughs> after the appointed time. Then mm. I was doubly done with the whole, like, not getting out of the car because cheesecake is not good enough. And she doubled down on that. And then he took her home and then she started reneging. I'm like, there's too many red flags that I've that have been displayed on this to where I don't even care if you're sincere in the apology or not. You have some character issues that need to be working on. It's not my responsibility to fix them or stick around while you do. So anyways, so well, the, the really mindset's going to come back to bite her. You know, you're never going to find yeah. a good man with that mentality. And it's the same thing for this girl. Like, sure, the girl in the video who says $200 minimum on a first date, you'll more than likely find a guy who's going to pay that $200 minimum for your first date. Be of the type of guy that that is either he's like a super romantic already in love with you on the first day and he's just so great that he's willing to spend 200 dollars, or you have uh, some other sort of complex going on it's more than likely going to be the latter of the two uh, so mm. so good luck yeah guys who's just indiscriminately shelling out money for whatever and who knows what they're expecting in return mm -hmm. So, be real, be real, be real, BFFR, as we say, <laughs> uh, Fallon, which so funny. I'm just like saying your little phrases. I would never say that on my own, but <laughs> adopting you. That's how it uh, works. Fa <laughs> Fallon says, I live in LA and totally agree. You have to just let things go because there are no repercussions for this sort of thing. Love the show. Yeah. You know, if it was something worse, I wouldn't let it go. Or if I was like actively watching the person do it, maybe it would be a, you know, a, a different situation. But at that point. You know, you have to take stock of your situation and ask yourself, is it worth it right now? And it definitely was not worth it. Fair enough. Something dude says guaranteed the burger was left in 1975 gear in the car. 
It was my boyfriend's car. There wasn't any 1975 gear. Um, and Would there have been in your car? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, wow. <laughs> I definitely have a bag from their, like, concert. That is definitely in my car, but I'm sure it would have been <laughs> left the there. The fact that he called that accurately is too much. Uh, get one, two, three says, sorry to hear about your car. Amala, hope there wasn't too much damage. No, it's okay. Just, uh, just a one broken window. We'll get it. And we'll get it fixed cam. right up and a miss missing dash cam. <laughs> That's hilarious. That cracks me up. Uh, Brianna Pulicicchio, mm. Pulicicchio. Uh, it's Italian too hard to say. Uh, sorry to hear about your car, but I'm glad that you and your friends are safe. My husband and I moved out of Washington due to that state going to crap from theft, drugs, politics, etc. Best thing we've done besides our marriage. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I can just probably get so so overwhelming. I imagine there's a, a big feeling of like helplessness too. Like if I didn't know the people who I know or have worked with like LAPD and stuff like that, maybe I would feel like a deeper sense of like violation and, and helplessness. But luckily, in this situation, no. If it was worse, maybe. Yeah, it's tough to be surprised. You know, it's like that's part of the hazard of being there. Yeah. So when it does happen, it's just like, well, this is kind of what I signed up for. Right. Um, okay. Cheesecake Bro again says, Amla, 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 that 304 in the street interview oh doesn't gosh. even deserve a $200 date. Uh, and she's being ni nice. Ab and she said she's being nice about it. So many girls are like that. Well, I mean, yeah, her attitude signals to me that she doesn't deserve it. Maybe there are girls that do. Maybe you, you've, that's the best wife you're ever going to find. And she's going to be like doting and loving and caring. And maybe then it's worth $200. But still on a first date, my gosh. It's yeah. high expectations. Got a 80 Australian dollar super chat from wow. Bing Tang Warrior. Uh, or Bintang Warrior says, my wife and I met online. She left her job in Indonesia, flew to Outback Australia to join me, and we are still together six years later. That... Not sure what that first date cost. <laughs> Wait! Yeah. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Were we meeting you flew online? Her out? Yeah, I guess so. I hope. I hope Is this you like reverse passport, bro? This is reverse passport. <laughs> I, I imagine there were several other conversations and getting to know each other before the flying out of the, the woman. But you know what? It worked out. You're married six years. I think that's awesome. Good for you. That's, that's great. Proof's in the pudding, as there they say. Uh, Bernie Choi says, sorry about your car. I don't live in L.A., but I got my car broken into and they stole the airbag and nothing else. $750 deductible. So, airbag? That's so weird. For what? How do you even steal an airbag? What? What, what, what you going to do with an airbag? I don't know. That's actually, I'm, I'm racking my brain right now as to what the utility in that is. Weird. Never heard of that before. That is weird. wild. That is so funny. Interesting. Sorry about your airbag. Yeah, Bernie. sorry, but it's also <laughs> hilarious. Like, what are you using that for? I see he's in Canada with Canadian dollars, so they do weird stuff in Canada. Who knows? Maybe they need to hold a bunch of maple syrup in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lamion says, says, no matter how tempting a situation, if you cheat on your partner, you're still a prick in my books. What a non-argument. Just be loyal. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine that if you're married to somebody and you have a kid, even in a situation full of, you know, whatever temptation it is you're describing, you would still choose not to do that, you know, by taking stock of your situation and realizing that it's not worth it. A good partner uh, would would do that. But 
I can also understand the argument of, you know what, I'll just stay away from any situation like that. You know, not that I think I'm going to do anything, but just because why do we need the strife of that? There's also the argument to be made, like, when you are, you know, in a relationship with somebody, why do you want to put them through the, the even questioning that something is going on? Or, like, you know, be out publicly with some other man who is not your boyfriend for, for other people to see. It's a little It's a little strange, unless you guys are, like, you know, friends and stuff. One more from Brianna Pulichicchio on another, or on the same note. Uh, like you said, uh, it's probably all a pre-planned conversation, but damn, you either love your partner to not go after someone else or you don't love them at all and cheat. There is no middle ground. Yeah, I think for the most part, they're thinking this is going to go really well on the internet. People are going to applaud me for the the statement that I'm making. This like, you know, this deep concession that I'm making on behalf of of my marriage who knows how real the the temptation that she refers to actually is uh christopher i'll see again says uh, in nyc smash and grab robbers resell their items on the street for 99 percent off that's six dollar tube of charcoal toothpaste three for a dollar on, on 149th and third avenue in the bronx that's you know what uh uh, a resilient people, I guess. <laughs> a resourceful Res- people, I guess. Oh, it's just stupid. Yeah, I mean, probably not the most efficient means of uh, making a profit. But uh, no, it was interesting in that San Francisco video I sent you that they had this couple who was touring Alcatraz and got their car uh, still broken into by the guy who had that those 20 arrests or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the wife had a was a photographer and all her work was on her laptop and the laptops were stolen and they when they talked to the police the police said that your laptop is going to sh- pop up in Malaysia or somewhere in Southeast Asia within 48 hours and sure enough they got a little ping on their like find my, my find my MacBook or whatever that uh it sh- showed up somewhere in in the far east so that's mm. really interesting that like in in the Bronx, they're they're selling it at a, you know, down a few blocks down. Uh, but uh, in in the case of uh, San Francisco, they somehow get these laptops overseas, and I guess that's probably where they can uh, break into them because I know you can like map, lock, uh, lock down your MacBook and stuff. But yeah. anyways, that's just uh, really fascinating that at least they're so organized on that level or have it down to where they can profit off of taking your your MacBook that way. Right. So. Well, in this case, Who they knows? literally got nothing. Even the dash cam that they stole, they like left all the plugs and everything that would have had the, the dash cam work and like broke pieces of it that wouldn't do anything. So it's just like, I think they just broke into the car, stole the purse, thought that they had something, and then they went, oh, you know, a dash cam. Let's get mm-hmm. rid of that just in case. And they have literally nothing. So I guess it was worth it because nothing's going to happen to them. It's not like they're going to get in trouble. So... At least they get to think they did something. Destroyed the evidence. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Queen Eileen says, tomorrow's my daughter's birth- first birthday named Ileana. Uh, I hope she grows up to be as intelligent and beautiful as you. Thanks oh. for being a great role model. Oh my gosh, that is so sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> and happy birthday. <laughs> uh, Savannah Raymer so says, I can't believe I caught you guys live. I love your content. Saying hi to you guys has, has made my week. Uh, smile emoji. I'm sorry about the car. Is it in the shop? It is not in the shop yet, but it will be um, shortly. So hopefully a window is like a pretty easy thing to fix. And hopefully that little piece of the interior that they broke is also something that they can just patch up. 
it's just like an inconvenience at this point. Like Risa had to go and call all the credit cards. You have to sit on the phone and just like wait for somebody to respond to like put the card on hold. And now you have to take the card to the shop and get it dealt with and call your insurance. It's just like, man, you've just inconvenienced our lives. Yeah, I'd be more mad about that than like the actual money. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll pay the money to make the problem go away, but don't make me like go through all the effort and call people and do stuff. Yeah, it just sucks. <laughs> sucks. Uh, uh, let's see. Danny Tarone says, happy Monday. Hi, Amelie and Taylor. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Not on topic, but what is your favorite dessert? Ooh, favorite dessert. I don't know. I'm okay. Say, oh, go ahead. I'm a fruit girl. So like every year, the family tradition, <laughs> Taylor's shaking his head. So like, every year on our birthdays, what we would do is we would have our like birthday dinners at our grandmother's house. So, you know, my siblings get it. My mom gets it. Our uncles and aunts, whatever we do it at our grandma's house and everybody gets their cake every year. And every single year, instead of a cake, my grandmother gets me an edible arrangement with uh, all like the fruit towers or whatever. So mm. uh, I do love fruit. <laughs> I know it's I not a real answer. Kind of tongue in cheek, but I have two rules. If there's no meat, it's not a meal. And if there's no chocolate, it's not a dessert. Mm. Obviously, that's not entirely true. But uh, there are decent desserts that don't have chocolate in them. But in general, I vastly prefer chocolate, especially like really dark and rich chocolatey stuff. <sighs> Love a good tiramisu, but it's hard to find a really good tiramisu. It's, it's easy to find bad ones. So uh, I don't like chocolate. Chocolate is not like, my thing. Get, get a little like espresso with like some like flourless chocolate cake or something like that. It's like, oh, man, that's a that's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> if I go for desserts, it's like a like a panna cotta or like a like a white cake or something like that. Sorry, guys. Such a girl. Lame. Not into it. Uh, okay. Isaac Gorky says there is no law anymore. We no longer live in a free society. Good people and victims are treated as criminals. Criminals are upheld as heroes. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You just know the person who robbed the car has probably done it like fifty times, and that nothing has happened. You just know it's just somebody who does this for a living, probably. It's upside down. That's when when I heard that it has happened to you. It was just what occurred to me is just this is where real life bumps into very bad ideas, and the reason that happened to you is because of poor thinking about the nature of how to deal with crimes. Like, okay, well, we perceive that there's this disparity, and because of that disparity, the explanation for that disparity is discrimination. And the way that we solve that discrimination is by not punishing criminals who commit crimes. And it's just like, you can see the logic play itself mm -hmm. out, and the end result at the end line of the chain of thinking is your car gets getting broken into, and you suffer, innocent people uh, suffering the consequences of it. And of what is, what began as a well-intentioned uh, idea i guess but just super out of touch with reality and um that manifests itself in many different domains of life yes it uh, does sadly it sucks it sucks <laughs> um okay marta says hello from poland i've lived in the u.s for some time and i'm more left-leaning similar to destiny but love to watch you nice. you are so down to earth yeah i feel like the more i hear destiny i'm like oh yeah i can i can get down with what he has to say on on some things and and get down with this argument. So you're always welcome here. We appreciate you watching the show. You can go back and see Amla talk to Destiny on this channel. He came and true. saw us uh, a while back. So that's in the archive somewhere. 
uh murray asmr says my name's kaylee and i've watched you for a long time i just never caught you live i'm a truck driver and being able to listen to you both is wonderful as i have to drive all over wisconsin and or uh washington and oregon that is awesome i feel like there's quite a few truck drivers that watch the show and listen while they're on their route and that is so crazy to think about it's so awesome thank you for watching that's awesome yeah we always love hearing what you guys are doing so uh let us know um, Pantum to Limon. Oh, I, I got that one. I refreshed and skipped around here for a second. Uh, no worries. We'll get one, two, three says that woman is entitled and has many cats in her future. Yeah. I, like I said, I, she's beautiful. I'm sure she'll find the guy who's going to do it. What that type of guy is. I don't know. It's like, um, it's like the OnlyFans girls, like when they make the argument of like, oh, you're never going to find a husband and no man's ever going to love you because you did OnlyFans. That's not true. Like plenty of them already have boyfriends. Their boyfriends are like their managers. They do their content or whatever. I'm just curious about what the type of man that you find uh, is going to be. And maybe he's a totally nice guy and there's plenty of room for that. But it's always just going to be, you know, a hurdle for whatever relationship you find down the line. Shrink, shrinks the pond that you're fishing in and only certain type of fish swim in that type of pond. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but not impossible. There's, not impossible. Uh, Hazy Curibo says, my first date with my boyfriend was $0, a picnic. I loved it and we're still happy nine years later. The yeah. money really doesn't matter. Also, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Yeah, there's so many cool things that you can do that don't cost a lot. Like having a quote on how much money somebody spends on a date is just such a weird thing for me because it in no way translates to like really how valuable they see you if anything i think a lot of men uh would be on the more nefarious end of things as seeing it is like what i put into this date is what i'm going to get from you out of this date and a man who's just going to be like oh yeah two hundred dollars sure i'll spend two hundred dollars on you is probably expecting something from you or he's just very flippant with how he treats his dates and he has a lot of money it's one or the other Hope for the, the latter. Hmm. Uh, Cheesecake Bro again says, you know what, Amala? I'm glad you said she needs to respect the time that man puts in to get his money. Problem is most women don't respect most men. Yeah. I don't know if it's most women don't respect most men. It's I just think generality. it's like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think people think it through enough what they're saying. She very flippantly threw out the, the number 200. I'm curious to like, what, what is your job? Like, how much are you making, girl? And uh, could you spend $200 on a date? If you can spend 400 on moisturizer, maybe you could spend 200 on on a date. But I don't think people make the connection that what you're asking for is, you know, money that he's built from the time that he spent working. And if you don't respect somebody's time and asking for $200 is a sign of disrespect, in my opinion, for somebody's time, then you're probably not going to respect a lot of other things about that individual. And the same goes for, for men. There are signs of disrespect that you can show, you know, right out of the gate. That would be really big red flags. And on the women's end of things, expecting that much on a first date, I think, is a massive red flag. Now, you can expect a good, well-planned date, and you can expect him to take initiative and be assertive in where he wants to take you. And if it's going to be a picnic, he gets the basket and he puts everything together and he makes sure you're at the right place at the right time. That I find more attractive than a man who's like, show up at this place at seven and we'll have dinner and it'll be $300. You know, it's just, there's just differing degrees of, I think, what is valued. And to her, it's money. 
So. So Jimmy Mapes says, uh, if those girls need all that moisturizer, serum, etc., then they're not tens. The scary thing is there are people, there are men who want women like that. We're all living in a Kardashian world. Yeah, I don't know. She didn't look particularly, you know, like plasticed up or anything like that. I do think women just like skincare and stuff, whether or not it does anything for you or or not. I'm, I'm a skincare girl who likes doing makeup, even though I date somebody who hates all of that stuff and hates makeup and, you know, all, all that. So I, I don't know. It's differing um, with, I don't know. No, I don't really see skincare as necessarily a, a red flag or something that devalues your attractiveness. Yeah, and there's something to be said maybe when you're spending like three hundred dollars on a serum and stuff like that. And maybe she's got money. That are expensive, but yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Anisha says Emily didn't need to apologize for one simple reason: we are all human. And that woman who said she she could but would not cheat was just being realistic also people need to take a chill pill yeah it's just like okay and then you have to wonder like how much of what she said was actually true was the woman really big and in that case was it a fair uh characterization of the situation maybe now we're not honest all the time because if we were honest all the time people would hate us right and they would dislike us so she chose to say something that very well could have been honest but just shines you in a negative light do I think it's unnecessary? Yes. Do I think you need to apologize? No. That is life, guys. Uh, Vicky Bell says, so sorry your car got broken into. One time my car got stolen with a guitar and Girl Scout cookies in it. Not the Girl Scout cookies. Uh, it was returned to where it was parked two weeks later. Guitar and cookies still there. Wow. Interesting. So they just took it out for a little joyride? Was your catalytic converter still in there? Yeah. Who knows? I told you guys the story of the first ever car crash I got into was with my best friend at the time who was driving in our small town. And we got hit because somebody ran a, a red light and then spun out and they got out of the car and ran away because it was stolen. I've had many Whoa. a crime, many a crime committed <laughs> in front of me in my life. And I'm only freaking 23, what's going on? This is not normal. But you're still not playing the victim. <laughs> at least you have a, an interesting story out of it, you know? Yeah, once you've uh, recovered from the damages and you're not physically hurt, I guess it's an interesting story. There you go. Uh, Christina says, Seattle's just as bad with the courts. Uh, the cops have had hands tied, and when they do or can get someone, the courts just let them go. So lots of crime here. Yep. If you watch, like, some of these DAs are just, like, so flippant in how they treat, you know, criminal cases, and they'll just drop them or, or let them off and all these different things that it's in, in so many places, you'll just find yourself going, is it worth it to really put myself through extra strife to try and find this person who's responsible? And oftentimes you'll find that the answer is no, it's not worth it. Uh, Danny Tarones, the first date with my now husband was ramen noodles and looking at books in Barnes and Nobles. And it was the best. We are five months married now. Oh, that is so fun. Don't you and Ansley do that? You just go to Barnes and Noble? <laughs> Uh, yeah, my wife's a bookworm, so yeah, we go uh, to bookstores. I actually went to a book festival here in Nashville this past weekend. That's and fun. Um, she was definitely in her happy place. She gets this <laughs> look of just like joy uh, when we do certain things, and that was that was one of them. So uh, it was fun because it was fun to see how happy she was. Uh, and that so. don't cost a thing. There you go. That Unless you buy a book, a of course. But yeah. Yeah, which she did. And, of course, we were like out and about for a few hours, and uh, not near the car. It was a long walk. 
and I got to carry the books. But you know what? That's right. <laughs> That's my job. I signed up for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big Nang says, I bet if the guy took her to McDonald's and spent $200, she still wouldn't be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, I think she would make a not, not great assessment on that one. <laughs> that is the truth. That would be a uh, funny, like, workaround. Just take yeah, her to the dingiest big place. Bags. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, Cheesecake Bro says, I took a normal fine Asian girl to a steakhouse downtown on a first date. It cost $200 and things lasted a month because she already had a boyfriend in Cambodia. Wow. So there you go. That's $200. <laughs> That's $200 gone. You never know what you're going to be dealing with. She kept the act up for a month based on that money. Yeah. Mm. I feel like if you go to a restaurant in LA, like a typical one that's not a chain restaurant, odds are you're probably spending $150, $200 on like a full meal and drinks if you take a date. So At a chain? If not at a chain restaurant. Oh, yeah, not go. a chain yeah, nice yeah. But if you go yeah, to a chain possibly. restaurant, yeah. yeah. If you get, like, appetizers and drinks and dessert. Meal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pricey. <sighs> Biden's America. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Morgan says, dated the head cheerleader of the Utah Jazz in the 90s. She was just fine going to a movie and McDonald's for a first date. $200 first date? Hell no. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. That's That's great. Good for her. Uh, Lydia O just sends a super chat. No message. Thank you, Lydia. Appreciate you. Hannah Marie says, big question. What do you bring to the table? Women expect all the luxuries and they just bring looks. I am all for going back to it when women stayed home. <laughs> this is I a mean, woman, mind you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there is that element. You have to, what is, what is the exchange on that? If you're demanding $200, there's gotta be something. And, she clearly equated that with looks because she's saying the moisturizer and the hair and this and that. I'm like, baby girl, there's got to be there's got to be more than that that you're bringing. Also, like my boyfriend and I were talking about this recently. At what point do women who are working full time have to also chip in to dates? Because it's a different dynamic when like women were not working. The man actually is courting you. He's actually trying to prove to you like what his the life that he would provide for you is you know assuming that you're going to stay home with kids and all these things but now like women are highly educated they're working some of them are getting paid more than men are so he's like at what point does the expectation of like a man constantly paying for dates dissolve because now you could be a woman who's like going out on dates making a hundred thousand dollars a year dating a man that makes 60 or whatever and he's expected to pay for each and every date that he takes you out on when you're making your own money so you just get to bank your own money as a woman and a man pays for everything so you get his money and your money and you know what i'm a traditional person like when we went on dates he paid for everything. There was not even a thought about it. There was not like a, oh, I'm going to pretend to grab my wallet, anything like that. Nothing like that. And traditionally, my mindset is like, yeah, that should be the expectation for men. But logically, after he said that, it's not adding up. It's not adding up <laughs> that you just get to bank all your money while a man is like constantly have to court you. And mind you, the numbers on dating 
are stark. Like you could be a man who goes on 10 dates and none of them want to be your girlfriend. So now you're a man who's going on dates with women who also make their own money and you're paying for, you know, 10, 20 dates and they're not going anywhere and they're not leading to a relationship. And the woman is telling you she wants a $200 minimum. It's not adding up, mate. It's not adding up, mate. It's not. <laughs> it just doesn't make All sense. Right. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But right, we got an interesting little uh, nugget of a rant here deep into super chat time. It I just like made it. me think. It just made me think that it's not making sense anymore. Yeah, I I mean, I'm traditional to uh, for if you're in a relationship, I think like if if you're going out on a date uh, with my traditional mindset, I think like if it's like a planned date, it's supposed to have like a little bit of a romantic element to it. It's just to me to fulfill all righteousness, to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I think the man should pay. But if it's just like dinner on a Tuesday night, cause we're in a relationship and we get together and do things and mm-hmm. like, then maybe there's more room for splitting it up or oh, I'll pay this time or getting lunch or whatever. Like it's not this more like formal experience of courting or anything like that. But right. if there's like an air of, of, of romance to it and pursuit, I think it is still like, you know, it, I, I would lean toward having the man, uh, man pay. But. Yeah. And there's something to be said for like, if he asks you out and he's saying like, this is the place I want to take you or whatever, then maybe there's the expectation that on the first date, he is the one who pays for it. And then, you know, down the line, things start to even out as you find yourself in an actual relationship. I'm just like thinking of the guys where like, you're constantly going on first dates and it's not like panning out for whatever reason or whatever, like, dude, that could rack up. All yeah. in pursuit of a woman. Go to Starbucks. Yeah, coffee date. And then the, gr- and then the girls say, don't do a coffee date. And then they're on TikTok saying, oh, I refuse to go on a coffee date because it means he doesn't value my time. I'm like, what? That means he values your time. If you go on a coffee date and you chop it up for 30 minutes and you don't like each other, you get to go about your business. You didn't spend a dime. He spent $10 and that's totally fine. You found out really quick you guys didn't like each other. If you go on the coffee date and you spend 30 minutes and you're like, oh, this is great. I am, I'm feeling a lot of chemistry right now. Then he knows to like move forward to the next step and to, to rack it up. It's interesting to me that these girls want like a five-star dinner on their first date. If that's what you're doing on your first date, what do you have to look forward to? Like there's no linear progression if you're knocking out like $300 dates the first time that you you meet somebody and it just signals to me that you're not looking to like date to marry or you're looking for, for yeah. something long term. You're looking for an extravagant experience for a short period of time and then moving on. In yeah, you want the, the man to value your time, but you don't value his money if you're sitting across from him and just scarfing down all this expensive food or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you have zero intention or interest in, in pursuing anything, if the date goes horribly, like I would I would think that a woman would kind of feel bad for having a nice, well-intentioned guy who's dropping all this money on this expensive food and, and whatnot at a, at a really fancy place on a first date and it just right. happens not to go well. Now, don't you feel a little bit of like, pressure guilt maybe like just oh man i feel bad for this guy and you just have to sit there and complete this day it's like too it's it's a weird or alternatively you don't feel bad at all and you're like well this is my worth and i'm just going to eat this food and and he can watch me and enjoy it and like i'm just going to get mines because i'm this high value woman like that me that's just selfish and narcissistic and it's it does not demonstrate good character on your part so Mm -mm. Anyway, wow, we're going down to some rabbit holes, guys. All right, we're, we're almost done here. Uh, uh, Jessica O'Shea says, I moved from the San Bernardino area to Tejachapi, Kern County. 
uh, almost five years ago. Love it up here. You guys should check it out. Okay, San Bernardino. I've not heard much about like inland San California, <laughs> SoCal. Okay, okay. I'll hear you out. Hear it out. Uh, Christina says, "Love your show. West Coast West Coast sucks with all the court systems, and they take it out on cops. It sucks." Yeah, I mean, True. the cops out here are just like so heavily worked, underappreciated, and policed themselves that it's like, oh my gosh, how do you have any morale? Yeah, it's very thankless, especially in West Coast or big cities. Uh, Dave the Wave says, first time catching a live. You guys are awesome. Love hearing both of your nuanced thoughts on culture and issues going on in the world. Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind. Thanks. We're glad to Dave have you. Dave the Wave, we love hearing your nuanced feedback. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, Lauren Laurentius11 says, good thing you don't have a $200 minimum, so I can offer you this $10 to show my support on behalf of myself <laughs> and all of your Finnish followers. Keep up the good work. Oh, dope. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, there is no $200 minimum on Super Chats, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Finland. I've actually been to Finland, and uh, it was a magical place. I went to Tampere and Nokia and... Uh, Oh, one other town, but it's very interesting. And I was there in the middle of summer or, and it was like light outside until 11 o'clock at night mm. and only dark for a few hours. And uh, it's kind of out of this world, but uh, very interesting place. And shout out to our Finnish folks. Shout out. I bet it's beautiful. Yes. Uh, Scarlet Ibis again says, I agree. The state of public education is at rock bottom. Thankfully, I'm in a decent area with mostly sane people would love a video about education. Yeah, we haven't covered that in a while. Yeah, I have tons of videos. I always send them to Taylor of these teachers being like, I don't know if I can deal with this anymore. These kids are crazy. They're not meeting reading standards because of what happened during COVID. And like, you know, the parents aren't disciplining them. There's all this stuff going on. The curriculum's all messed up. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. The Lydia O says, Amla, have you heard about the lesbian couple London and Olivia that had quote unquote racist tweets from 2012 surface? Would love to hear your take. No, I have not heard of them. I will say my lesbian couple knowledge is pretty low <laughs> when it comes to the Internet, but I will look it up. I'm curious what the tweet said. And again, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's room for progression. I, I'm, I'm sure like many people and in your teenage years you're just like trying to be aggressive and bombastic and stand out and like push boundaries and people do that in a lot of different ways and sometimes that's like horrible tweets that you put on the internet when your prefrontal cortex is not fully formed and for that i'm like you gotta give grace to people they're more than likely not racist now so you can just leave them leave them be for the most part leave them be uh, Cheesecake Bro says, Taylor, you have to you have to speak in generalities. Otherwise, the, then you speak in nuance and then you never get anywhere. I'm trying to prove a point. No, <laughs> the opposite. You speak it with nuance ways, yeah. and that's what gets you somewhere. In fact, I don't know. The generalities, especially in the news right now, pissing me off, guys. Can't deal with it. It's like nobody will have a conversation with nuance anymore. It's not easy, Alas. especially when you live in like short form content on social media. How can you have nuance in 60 seconds or like in a, you know, 100 character tweet or something like that? Mm -hmm. And we're, that'll come up on tomorrow's video uh, talking about these skits and this sort of things that go viral that people make just for the sake of going them viral and 
kind of one of the takeaways is it takes a lot of a little bit more effort and discipline to have nuance and look at the facts of situations and make sure that your worldview is based on truth and reality and facts. Um, and that's not always easy in this short form content, social media, manufactured mm-hmm. outrage age that we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's worth it because the alternative to living in truth is living a lie, having a worldview that doesn't work, doesn't make sense. And, you know, like a lack of nuance is what leads uh, policymakers to explain all of the uh, disparity of the rates of criminality among different groups with discrimination. And then that leads to uh, making policies that allow soft on crime and leads to Amala getting her car broken into. So they have consequences yep. having a worldview that is out of sync with the truth and out of reality. And that's why we need nuance to get to it. But I hear you, you can get lost in the weeds of nuance and sometimes lose sight of larger overarching truths that we need to be conscious of. So there's a balance there for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, generally speaking, we're, we're, we're lacking a nuance, I think, more than, than not these days. Yeah. Uh, okay, Shell Lin says she's speaking hella too much on her skincare when she could be buying my natural skin skincare, Boom Botanica skincare. <laughs> Some people need to learn a lesson in humility. People tend to elevate themselves like that due to insecurity. I love it's the nice, subtle plug. Nice way to slide in the, the <laughs> plug. I won't say shameless self promo, but it's close to it. But hey, shout out. You know, you, <laughs> You, you related it to the issue at hand. So well done. She also said, I'm glad I caught y'all live. Love the show. <laughs> that was masterful. Uh, we're getting to the finish line here, guys. If you're still watching, thanks for sticking with us. Last couple here. Uh, Cheesecake Bro says, Cheesecake Bro is just on a tear today. Uh, oh, you guys think, I think Amala has achieved her final form called Red Pill Amala. After that rant, I think you guys really do understand what men are going through. Hey, we, we always try to be understanding. <laughs> That's a great response. Uh, Julissa Castillo says, Hi, Amla Taylor. Sorry you got your car jacked, LOL. Uh, Also, $200 minimum dates should be saved for special occasions. The second time my fiancé and I went on a $200 minimum date, he proposed. Yeah, man, I'll say it again. In this economy, the Mm. hell? On a first date, $200? You know, to each Uh, their own. Charlize Theron. See, there's another one of your isms. (laughs) uh sachi nayak says hey taylor and amelie you both are always so kind and empathetic which is why i love the channel keep being you random Thank question you. what is your favorite love is blind season mine is four or one. Ooh, you know i really liked season five because i just had so much to go off of and say and analyze i know a lot of people hated this most recent season because it was just too messy and you know only two couples really at the end and stuff like that but this season was interesting to me so many different dynamics and so much just chaos utter chaos whenever I watch dating shows it's kind of bad but it just makes me appreciate my life so much it's like one of those things like where you watch it and you're just like wow people are really out here with relationships that have the most chaotic disruptive like insecure dynamics in place and uh at the moment I'm not dealing with that so it makes me just be like oh is great <laughs> it's therapeutic to watch because you're like feel so much better about your own life but it, uh i want the last one i watched and paid attention to was the one with i don't know it was season three i think with uh is that the one with the mean russian girl Irina and Zach, I think that was season who, like, four season four proposed a multiple okay so yeah anyways i haven't seen the new season but it's 
you just start, it's like you feel good about it, but then it's like like about your own life because you see how dysfunctional everything right. is. But then it's also like I'm watching a bunch of human beings in their hearts and romantic lives like they're zoo animals in this yeah. confined thing. And it just kind of feels weird and I don't know. Like they know what they signed up for, I guess. And but... it's really it's become really belabored. I feel like earlier seasons were a little more like less manufactured, less like drawn out about some of the dramas and stuff. And uh, maybe, maybe I was just more charitable back then, but I find yeah. myself wanting to fast forward major segments of stuff that just feels so fake. No, um, literally every time that. we get to the wedding part of the season, we just like skip through all the fluff and stuff to the end and as to whether or not they say I do yeah. to each other. And then yeah. we're like, okay, we're done with that episode next <laughs> Literally every time. And like yeah. every, every time you watch love is blind together as a couple, like every couple just becomes a therapist at some point And they're just like analyzing the dynamics of like what's toxic in the relationship. And we would never do that. This is how we would handle that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just hilarious. I, good I love exercise it. It is good exercise. It uh, looks like we got one more from Irritated Kitty. Just a $5 super chat. No message here at the buzzer. And that, I think, concludes our super chats for the day. Yes, it does. And with that, we're going to close out the show. Somebody requested in the chat that I change my voice. So we will do exactly that. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. And... Just leave a comment down below on how you felt about the different conversations we had on today's show. A little bit about dating, a little bit about my boyfriend's car getting smashed up. (laughs) Which was a fun time. And guys, let's be positive. Let's have a good time. Let's take things as life throws them at us. And have a great rest of your Monday. With that, I bid you adieu.